Good evening. It is the Across the Tracks podcast. I am Steve. And I am Wayne, and we are back for another episode. The last uh, last day of April, my friend. Three zero. Three yep. zero zero. Yep, last day. So um, it's good to be uh, another month gone, getting ready to go into uh, nicer weather, uh, at least in certain parts of the country. So right, I know right. the folks out in California, they're dealing with uh, some flooding and there's storms down in the south and the Midwest. So uh, we here in the in the in the Rockies, we've got pretty decent weather here for the next few days. So, yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to start the month of May, and for the yes, month sir. of May in Indianapolis, that is, it's racing season. It is, it is. Lots of people come to town for the Indianapolis 500, in which on average about 150 to 200,000 people attend one sporting event in one day. Wow, wow. And it was... Yeah. Uh, uh, the hundredth over four hundred thousand people was at that one race. Well, yeah, we were just uh, talking before we came on air. It was a year ago we were there for last year's race yeah. uh, for the preliminaries and a lot of that good stuff. We were there, so it was uh, it was a quite uh, interesting uh, interesting weekend there. We were out there, so I've never been around a race of that magnitude. So never been around a car racing period, but <laughs> uh, but it was all cool, man. It was all good, and we had a good time and uh, learned a lot about uh, about car racing. So auto racing, so it was yep. real cool. Yep, yep, yep. All right, well, let's not pick any more bones here. Yeah. Let's get right to it. Let's get to it. Do it. Tonight's topic. Well, I think we have three or four that we want to talk about. Yeah. So yeah it's been a big deal about the um, NFL. Yep. Talk, touch on that. We'll uh, touch on some um, um, craziness that's gone on in, in the um, Fox editorial channel. Uh, one of their major characters was uh, <laughs> let go yeah cnn we had a major character that was let go we'll yep. discuss that a little bit and talk about the ex-governor from the state of indiana or clan clan clandiana <laughs> um mikey mikey pence talk mm. about him and his him testifying and then we have a memorial of a couple of um couple of guys that uh have made history uh one being an entertainer the other being a mayor slash entertainer so we'll deal with that and, absolutely uh, whatever comes up you know as we as we go through our broadcast uh, we may go off on a tangent we may uh side, get sidetracked a little bit if the mood and the uh, and the uh, topic takes us in a certain direction, we'll we'll lead with that. So our skis are pointed downhill, and whatever obstacles are in our way, we'll uh, continue to push through the uh, different barriers. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, let's start with the. I'll I'll kick this off and start with the uh, the NBA draft, and we're looking at 
for the most part, uh, if you remember back in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a a commentator on Monday Night Football. And he said that a black man could never be the quarterback in the NFL because he doesn't have or they don't have the uh, cognitive ability to be a quarterback. Yep. And in this week's NBA, NBA, NFL draft, the uh, top three picks were quarterbacks, all of color. Yep. Okay. Uh, Young from uh, Alabama and Richardson from Florida. Yep. And uh, Stroud from Ohio State. The Ohio State. Yeah, the <laughs> Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. And those were the top three picks of the uh, NFL draft. So the the league has changed uh, just like the NBA has changed over the years. The league NFL has changed because prior to. Uh, probably six, seven years ago, the NFL, the prototypical quarterback was six foot five and could stand in the back of the pocket and throw the ball, hand the ball off. Well, that all changed when Michael Vick came into the NFL and we had a mobile quarterback there had been mobile quarterbacks prior to Michael Vick but no one no quarterback was able to do what Michael Vick did with his arm and his legs and the game of football changed from being a running game to a throwing game it it, it changed from being 3 yards in a cloud of dust to air raids. It's an air raid. It's a raid. As yeah. <laughs> We're flinging that ball all over the places. And, and that changed the nature of the game itself. So now it's rare that, that running backs are drafted very high in the, in the NFL draft because they're looking for quarterbacks and looking for receivers and looking for offensive linemen. Those are the, the top bills. So um, those three three men were were drafted, and the surprising one to me of all is the Richardson kid that was drafted by the Colts. Yep. You could not have told me that the Colts would draft him because you know it's not in the fan base of Indianapolis to have a black quarterback. It just isn't. Mm. They don't want one. And the, the ones that they, they've never drafted a black quarterback, this is the first one they've ever drafted. And therefore, um, they got a, they had a mindset that was changed. Yep. Now, all the other quarterbacks that they've had that was black, they didn't want them. 
you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 threw him underneath the bus when he sold out and ended up getting hurt and was never the same because he didn't return from the injury. And just like having a a, a black um, coach, you know, since Tony Dungy left, you know, they kept Jim Caldwell around for a minute, but they really didn't want Jim Caldwell, you know. But since he was the top assistant under Dungy, they felt obligated to keep Jim Caldwell. Caldwell, and as soon as he didn't win the AFC South, they kicked his ass up out of there as soon as they can. And he had a winning record for the years that he was at the Colts. Yes, sir. You know, so yeah, the NFL draft was. Um, I I thought that the Colts I thought that the Colts would get that Will Levitt. Yeah, that's what I thought. Kentucky, yeah, because he fits the mold. Right. You know, uh, that's my thinking. But you know, he fell out the the entire first uh, round of the draft. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Those are someone, my thoughts. Yeah. Someone someone thought that was strong. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the sports analysts thought like, what happened to this guy? He. He goes from being, you know, the the talked about he's going to go really high in the first round and the dude drops all the way out of the first round and becomes what is the second pick in the second round. I mean, something, you know, something happened. That's what a lot of sports analysts were saying. But that's neither here nor there. He got drafted by the uh, Tennessee Titans. So it's all good. But um, in regards to the black quarterbacks, man, I think uh, the NFL is finally catching up to what we always knew, man. If you give us a shot, we're we're gonna we're gonna put our best foot forward. And uh, we've talked about this before, man. From I think uh, we're old enough to remember Marvin Briscoe uh, yep. when Marvin Briscoe played quarterback. I think he played for the Bills back in the day. And then you had. Um, uh, what was his name? Joe uh, Jefferson God. Street. Joe yeah, yeah, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Joe Washington. Joe Washington. For the, I think it was Joe Washington. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. And you had Doug Williams and you had Warren Moon and James Harris. James Harris. And I mean, you know, get get if you give us a shot, we, we the odds are we're we're, we're going to take that shot and let, let us let us get in there. We're we're going to take it over. And I think that's what the NFL is finally seeing is like, wow, you know, we we don't care about this prototype standing back there getting your brains beat out every Sunday and every Thursday and Monday night. We want somebody that can, hey, when the, when the pocket crumbles, can they get out and make a play some other way? And I think that's what you're seeing. So I was really happy for those young men um, that they got drafted as high as they did. So, um, the word is Bryce young is the next great thing. So we'll see, uh, people have been harping on his height and his weight. Uh, but he's the same height as Russell Wilson. And, and so not as stocky as Russell Wilson, but he's the same height, five ten, five eleven. He needs, he needs to be eating some more protein. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah he, he's got to put some weight on because those, those big old linemen, man, they are coming. <laughs> they yeah. are defensive but, linemen. They are coming, man. So, uh, that, and hopefully he can he can you know bulk up to be able to take that punishment, man. So, but the quarterback is so protected now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you can't hit them below the below the waist. You can't touch yeah. their face. You can't you can't land with your body weight on them. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, they can they can slide now uh, and they can't yeah. touch. So might as well. Know, yeah. Back in the day, I remember <laughs> Terry Bradshaw being suflexed out there on the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, those, oh, yeah. those guys back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s, you know, there was no there was no soft safety net for them. Right, right. And, and it, it, it wasn't until Tom Brady got hurt when someone hit his knee, then yeah. they said, well, now you can't tackle below the knee. Yeah, and, I, you, you don't want to see, right, you don't want to see anybody get seriously injured, but, I mean, football is a, it is a violent game, and, you know, it, I think people want to see good hitting, man. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, maybe that, but people want it. They don't want to turn it into some, you know, you might as well play touch football or something like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, and that pro bowl is turned into. Yeah. 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 They play flag football now. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he, he, he's, he's a little, little, little he needs to bulk up a little bit, Yeah, but, uh, all three of those young men, really proud of them. Uh, yeah, the the Richardson picked Indiana, surprised the hell out of a lot of people. Um, but hey, he's in there. Uh, I think the who was it? The GM or the coach came out and said he was going to be the starter. <laughs> he let it that he's going to be the starter. So uh, we'll see. But probably uh, be better than Gardner Minshew. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah, and it. it it's great, man, to see this. And uh, shout out to to uh, Jalen Hurts, man. He got paid uh, for uh, for what he did last season, and uh, Philly is set for several years to come uh, with what they did in the draft. And then Lamar got his money, man. Lamar got Lamar got some money. Yes, Lamar got paid. So these the, the, the black quarterbacks are here to stay, man. I, yeah. They're they're not going anywhere. No. They're not going anywhere. And the league, the, the flavor of the league is changed, changing. The way the game is played is changing. And the NFL is just not recognizing that, you know what, hey, the, these guys can play that position and do it quite damn well. Yeah. And and the other dynamic change is it, it changed at the college level. Yep. See, the NFL, they didn't they didn't run a spread offense pretty much other than other than Houston. Right. Uh when they did it, but now most of these colleges and even high school now, they run these spread offenses and, you know, you don't know if they're, you got RPO, run pass option. Right, right. You know, they got all those things that have developed over the years because you got these quarterbacks that are so mobile now. Yeah. So as defensive coordinators come up, oh, this guy's going to run the ball. And then we'll stop the run, and then they'll pull the ball and throw it because everybody's coming up to hit him. Right. So the game has evolved so much that, for the most part, the offense has, has the advantage. It's always had the advantage. And it takes the defense time to catch up. Just like when I was coaching, coaching football and was the defensive coordinator, we would go to passing camps. And um, at these passing camps, there's one that was locally called Bishop Dullahan. And we would play 707. And the offense always had an advantage because um, defensive uh, backs weren't taught, you know, how to defend certain things. You had to go through so many drills and then they would let you get out there and do that. While the offense, 
they were throwing the ball to receivers and running routes the whole time. Mm -hmm. But usually in a 10 practice thing or a four day camp, it took the defense probably a day and a half to adjust and get all their defenses in. And then once that happened, they put a clamp on the offense. Offense always scored, score, 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 Because <laughs> the defense didn't, you know, they weren't playing specific zones. They weren't playing cover two. They weren't playing cover one, cover three. They would learn cover three first. Mm-hmm. And then the offenses would take care, would take advantage of cover three and run routes against cover three. And then the next day they'd run, you know, cover two. And then they would teach them, teach or teach the defensive backs how to play man to man. So that took some time. But once they got all together, the defense literally um, took control of these 707 games. But it took some time, just like the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. once they change their format and philosophy of throwing the ball, it takes defense a little time to adjust to it. But that's all happened at the college level. And since it happened at the college level, then some of those coaches that got NFL jobs, they brought that game to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then once they brought that game and saw how successful it was, then other coaches started copying it. Because everything's on tape. You can see everything that everybody does. So, you know, you just learn by doing Yes, sir. Hey, it's great, man. Yep. It, it is great that uh, things are changing, and we get to sit back and watch these talented young men for uh, for now and hopefully for years to come, man, do their thing. So, so it's going to be really exciting. Uh, here uh, we'll be talking about football be kicking off. Well, they're they're already doing spring uh, spring practices. Yeah, a lot USFL. of places. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll be talking here before long, man. Time flies as fast as it does. We'll be talking about football here before long, full time or something like that. Yep. Um, so before we transition from this, there's one other thing, man. Uh, we talked about, mentioned Doug Williams. Doug Williams came out, made a statement. He was very disappointed in the draft that only one uh, player from an HBCU got drafted in mm-hmm. the 2023 draft. That's and it was from Jackson State, Dion's old squad, so old school. So, what do you think about that, man? Is is why, why are HBCUs getting overlooked when it comes to drafting uh, players? They've had, um, they've had decades of talent that has left uh, the HBCUs. And have gone to other schools. Mm. You know, prior to um, the 1970s, 80s, most of the black talent that came out of the NFL came from HBCUs. And then players, uh, and when, when, when Bear Bryant brought Sam Bam Cunningham from USC to play Alabama in the early 70s, mid-70s probably, that literally changed the game because Bear Bryant 
um, found out that he needed to compete. In order to compete, he needed to have black players. And when Marcus Allen, not, was it Marcus Allen? No, Sam Cunningham came and ran for over 200 yards and beat those poor little white boys up out there on the field, scored four touchdowns, and they took him out the fourth quarter. Then Bear Bryant said, we got to have me some of that. <laughs> and so, therefore, Bear Bryant started recruiting black players. And then once Bear Bryant started being successful, I think his very first superstar black pair, player was a guy by the name of Keith Jackson. Mm-hmm. He wore like number 80. Yeah. And that's when they used to wear the tearaway jersey yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, you know, when we were going through yeah. high school and so on. And he ran all over people in the Southeast. So what ended up happening is that these, the, 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 other major colleges in the South started recruiting black players. Well, guess where most of the HBCUs are located? Yep, in the South. In the South. So, you know, Joe Paterno started recruiting black players up at Penn State. Um, you know, all the Southeast uh, Southeast Conference schools started recruiting black players. Instead of these black players going to the north to play like Ohio State or Penn State or uh, out west, they started saying, hey, I'm closer to home. Then that's what's happened. Mm -hmm. So now the mindset is we don't have to choose players from HBCUs because we have such a huge pool and these teams are making so much money and have so they have so much um, um, marketability, and they're on TV so much. These these young black men are choosing to go to those schools, and mm. it wasn't until Dion uh, got the the number one recruit two years ago to go to Jackson State that. Um, people started looking at HBCUs and the success that he had. You know, just, just think about it. Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State. Mm. You know, he, he came out of there and for the most part, San Francisco picked him up and he ends up breaking up all, breaking all these records. So right, right. Doug Williams has got a point, but the, the point that has developed is that these young black players are not introduced to HBCUs because all they see is what what do you see on Saturday football? Right, right, right. You see Big Ten, you see Pac Ten, mm-hmm. you see SEC, and that's what you see. The the I forget the channel, but there's one channel that shows HBCU football every Saturday. Yeah, and, but that's the only uh, that's the only acknowledgement or that's the only airtime that they get from that one channel. And you may get two games. Wow. Well, if you look at ABC, CBS, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN3, and, you know, ESPNU, they're all playing, you know, um, 
PWIs, predominantly mm-hmm. white institution games. Mm-hmm. And that's what people see. Yeah. So they don't, they say, well, we don't have to recruit black players now because right. they're, they're right. coming to us. Yeah. You know, we got yeah. the finances, we got the resources that will attract them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a similar thing in basketball because you don't see you don't see a lot of HBCU basketball games on. They they have the classic. I think um, uh, Michael B. Jordan or someone tried to do HBCU classic during the NBA All Star Weekend uh, to showcase some of those players at those schools. But uh, it's the same thing, man. A lot now, yeah, a lot of black players now are going to these PWIs. You know, yep. and you know you want if you want to be on TV. The game of the week each week and, you know, playing these tournaments, uh, you know, there'll be the preseason tournaments and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, Doug's got a point. But, uh, yeah, the, the tide has changed, man. The tide has changed. And, and, and some of that, I think, can um, come from high school coaches doing more to introduce Black athletes to uh, HBCUs, yeah. Yeah. and HBCUs have to reach out. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't have the resources to say come all the way to Indiana, Michigan, and places like that on a normal basis. But uh, yeah, they they have to hey stick their nose out there and say hey here we are down here we can offer right. you. Not only that, but, you know, we can offer you uh, a family that you you may miss. You know, you may go to an institution that has 35, 40,000 students and you may get lost. Absolutely. But I I don't think that really happens because once you get into a football program like that, your days are your days are um, arranged. Right, right. You know, from your classes to when you lift. Excuse me, I know that when Alex was uh, being recruited, you know, um, he liked what Holy Cross had. And from the time that he got there, literally his time was he, this class. He lifted at this time, and he can only take these classes because this is the same time that he lifted, and mm-hmm. they had to eat at a specific time. They had to be at the table at a certain time. Afterwards, they had to be at a study table at this time. Uh, they could be in their room for this, and they went to practice, and after practice, they had film that they had to do. They had to meet with the defensive coordinator and go and, and look at film. So his day was structured for four wow. years. Wow. And the the one thing that you don't realize is that even though that Alex was was uh, at the school, you know, once they had their last meal at the cafeteria, mm-hmm. they didn't give them any more food. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I mean, from five o'clock or six o'clock until the next morning, that was their meal. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so... When we would go up and visit, you know, he and his roommate, Anthony, they would hoard like Gatorade. And uh, one of the one of the one of the parents who was from uh, Santa Claus, Indiana, started cooking for the kids after games. This was before Alex got there and it became a 
uh, a routine that after every game, regardless of where Holy Cross played, they provided them with hamburgers, hot dogs, and all that stuff. And they would mm. they would hoard that stuff, take it back to the room so they could eat something past six or wow. seven o'clock. That's crazy. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> they don't they don't tell you those things. Huh. You know, that from six o'clock until the next morning till breakfast. Wow. Right? And they would have workouts at six o'clock in the morning. Ooh. You know? And until breakfast, they had no food that they can get. If you'd had no money, you had nothing. Right, right. Those are the small things that you don't you don't realize wow. that happens. And if you have a big institution like that, your opportunities of being able to provide that for your athletes is much greater than at HBCUs and so on. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. Huh. A lot. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Huh. Well, yeah, I uh you know, it is what it is, man. The 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 flavor of the of sports is changing. Like you say, man, a lot of they don't have to necessarily, you know, go a lot of places to get black athletes now. The athletes are coming to them. So mm-hmm. And uh, we we see the result of that each week, uh, what, whatever the, your sport is, be it football, basketball, uh, baseball is is still lagging behind a bit. But the big two sports, basketball, football, um, you know, tons of black talent you can watch each week on your TV screen. They're doing quite well. So. Yep. Yes, sir. And now they got extra money that they're getting. Yep. 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 I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars for some of these kids that's right so it's the tide has turned yeah <laughs> all right well let's i tell you what speaking of turning a tide let's let's turn the channel on this top yeah. this uh podcast and talk about um some breakups or some upsets still following that football analogy upsets in the world of Politics. I wouldn't say journalism. Journalism, media. Yeah, media. media. <laughs> the media realm. Yeah, the media realm. Yeah. And, uh, I'll let you go ahead and, and, yeah. and deal with this individual yeah. or individuals. Yeah. Individuals. Um, one of them I only know a bit about, you know, because I don't. I don't necessarily watch CNN a lot. I used to, uh, but then I, I quit watching CNN. Uh, I knew of Don Lemon. Uh, who was uh, let go from the network this past week, uh, primarily over some comments, supposedly some comments that he made on air about the former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley. So um, so he was out uh, outed uh, last week. And the biggest one was uh, Tucker Carlson Tucker Carlson being uh, let go from from Fox. I'm not going to say they're a news outlet. I'm just going to say Fox because they <laughs> what they what they push is not news. It's 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 something else. So, but uh, he was let go, and uh, that one uh, I would say it shocked a lot of people. Yeah, uh, because he was their boy. He 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 was their uh, he was their main man, so to speak. And when that came down, I'm like, what the heck? They they fired him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
uh, Rupert Murdoch, somebody had to take the fall for, for that lawsuit thing. And he, he wasn't going to take the fall. So we had to find somebody to take that fall. So, but I was surprised it would be his biggest guy that that's garnering the bulk of the ratings for that entity. But, uh, you know, man, it, it I, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. I'll just be honest. I'm glad he's gone, man, because he he spouted a lot of stuff that was just straight up lies. He kept a lot of this conspiracy crap going. He jumped on the replacement theory crap, started spewing that junk on the air every night. I mean, just lie after lie after lie after lie. And uh, I don't know how you can view yourself as credible. When when you know you come on the air and your your sole purpose is to lie about what you truly know in your heart of hearts to be true, so you did that. You got your company jammed up because they had to pay out almost eight hundred million dollars uh, in a lawsuit. So uh, and you were primarily part of that reason that uh, that that happened because you were the one helping to defame. Uh, Dominion voting systems. Each night on your show, you had something negative to say about those people. So uh, I'm glad he's gone, man. They probably need to get rid of a few more other folks, too. Yeah. And uh, that's my view. It's like he he's only the tip of the iceberg. You got a few other people uh, that need to be let go, too. So we'll see. I don't anticipate Fox changing. They'll find somebody else to fill his role. Uh, and he is going to surface somewhere else, either podcast or something to where he can still he has all these followers so he'll have some entity uh that he will surface on and uh continue to spew the foolishness that uh, that he's so well known for again don't know a lot about don lemon i i quit watching cnn a long time ago um and i used to watch cnn all the time when soledad o'brien was on there uh, i really liked her reporting and everything but she's not on there anymore but uh, supposedly he made some comments that that if you listen to the tape, he prefaced prefaced his comments with, I didn't say this. Other people said this. And it had to do with the fact people are making such a big deal now about Joe Biden being 80 years old and the fact that if he does win reelection by the time his second term in, he's going to be 86 years old. And the question of not came up as to, well, you know. What is what is being in your prime? And Don Lemon made the statement that some people say that women are in their prime at this age. And some somebody, some entity said that, well, Nikki Haley's this age. She's not in her prime. But it was attributed to him saying that directly. But if you listen to the tape, he says, hey, other people said. But these days. You, you got to be careful what you say because you're going you're gonna to get canceled like the drop of a hat, man. So he's out. I think a lot of people in the black community were glad he's out because sometimes Don Lemon swang both ways, man. Sometimes he was down with the black community. Sometimes he was against the black community on certain issues. So right now he's looking for a job. So uh, that one, yeah. The big one is Tucker Carlson being out because uh, he he was the MAGA mascot, <laughs> you know, for for a lot of these people. And a lot of these people are pissed off because Fox let him go. These MAGA people, they're upset. So uh, we'll see how this plays out, man. But uh, 
Good riddance. That's my, my, my last two words on it. Good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell us people to go drink a Budweiser and uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go go drink a Bud. This Bud's for you. <laughs> go, 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 go drink a Budweiser and and drown their sorrows. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, I forgot Budweiser for trans people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, everything upsets these folks, man. Yeah. Everything upsets these people, man. So I but, always say it. I'll say it again. Those people aren't happy unless there's something or somebody to hate. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they're so dug in to uh, their beliefs and that they're not ever going to change. And so Tucker Carlson, whom uh, everybody believes was their fair-haired child because he was able to um, be polarizing towards Mm -hmm. um, anything that was democratic. Mm -hmm. And this this is a guy that said, why should we be mad at Russia during the war in uh, yep. Ukraine? Yep. Why should, well, they're killing innocent women and children. Mm-hmm. Why should we be, why should we be mad at them? And he's the first one to say, you know, you Eastern elites, you know, they're, all they want to do is try to, you know, brainwash your kids and they go to these highfalutin schools like Harvard and Yale and places like that. And they're not showing any conservative values. Well, guess where in the hell he went to school, <laughs> you know? And so yeah. they, he, they say, just like he got himself in trouble, he'll say one thing behind closed doors and then say something totally opposite on the air. Yeah. And, the, and the big thing that goes along with this is that Rupert Murdoch don't want to lose money. Nope. Even though that he lost nearly a billion dollars from this uh, lawsuit, he goes, well, that's a, that's a billion dollars that I'm, that, that may be a half a billion dollars that I'm going to save. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish that it would go. I wish it would have went to trial. So absolutely, Tucker Carlson, who uh, dogged up, you know, Orange Julius Caesar, said that he hated him. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Sydney Sydney Powell a, a nut job. This is all <laughs> happening behind the scenes. Rudy Giuliani was crazy mm-hmm. but when they on when they were on the air. He would say just the opposite so that those people would not leave the network because yep. the network was their cash cow. That's cow. right. That's and right. just like the the pillow man, you know, he he, he bought up so much airtime that uh, he his behind's probably gonna be is being sued as well. Mm-hmm. So Tucker Carlson and Bartomeo, I think it's yeah, Maria Bartiromo. Bartiromo, uh, uh, Sean Ingram. Hannity. Yeah. All these guys know that the previous occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue was a crook, knew that he was bad, knew that he had mm-hmm. no characters. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't say that 
on air because they were afraid that their listening audience would go someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. News Max or yeah. On one or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, One America. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, man, because, uh, uh, Maria Bartiromo, she used to be on CNBC. She was the uh, financial person and whatnot, right. right? She had she had some credibility. I mean, what makes you leave that environment to go over here and spout lies every day of the week, knowing damn good and well you're lying and you're 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 telling lies about people and whatnot. You're defending lies. I mean. She lost all credibility with me, man, because she used to give, you know, she used to give a lot of good stock information and that type of thing on CNBC. And now this is this is you went backwards in your career, in my opinion. It's all about money. It's all about the dollar bill, man. Tucker Carlson used to be on CNBC also. And yeah, he was on uh, CNN and MSNBC. MSNBC. Yep. And when it comes to man, I can go over here. And make more money by spouting out a bunch of foolishness. I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep. I'm gonna That's keep right. spouting out a bunch of foolishness because it's making me money. That's right. I, I bet you. I would bet that he makes over four or five million dollars a year. Oh, easy, easy, easy. You know? Yeah, and I'm sure he got a nice severance when they booted him. I mean, he's probably set, man. So for for his uh, you know portrayal of you know um, what he what what he represented every night on the air it it was pathetic, but hey like you say man show me the money Rupert yep yes. <laughs> show me the I'd money say, Rupert he's he's <laughs> uh, he's underwater right now that's right you know, with every submarine there's a periscope that's right. And, that periscope comes above the surface and starts looking for other targets. Mm-hmm. And he's going to find some other target. He's going to find some other place to uh, to land, and he'll oh, yeah. be spouting out the same mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah, like you say, Newsmax or OAN, or they got some other joint now that's starting up. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Um, so, yeah, he's going to surface somewhere. He's going to surface somewhere. It's like Glenn Beck. Yeah. But Glenn Beck changed his tune. He he changed his tune, man. Well, he learned something then. He learned, yeah. He 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 is not. He he went totally different direction, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't think out of all the little people that that you know the main people at Fox, uh, Hannity, he's not. He he's toned down things too. It's it's it was Carlson, Laura Ingram, and uh, that Maria Bartiromo. Uh, that and then there's another guy, Waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like really, and I, I don't like the the sister that's on there too, oh, man. man. She spouts a lot of foolishness, man. Oh, man. Like really, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's what I. That's what, I <laughs> what what is up with her? Yeah, what what is up with you? So I don't care for her either. So, so I like to say Fox. I'm not saying they're a news outlet. This is it. They what they spout is not news. It is not news, but. A lot of people in this country are brainwashed from the from the vitriol that they put out on those airwaves every day, man. And people live and die by these folks. So I don't know what they're going to do now. It would, Wayne, it would be different if they would literally show the truth. Right. So even when they sell the lawsuit, 
they didn't come out and say, you know, uh, Fox has just settled a $787 million lawsuit because we lied. <laughs> they said that we, uh, Fox has settled a, uh, a lawsuit because someone said Fox was having false statements. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, man, I, I wish they had went to trial. I wish they had went to trial because they would have all got laid bare. Oh, yeah. But they don't show them that. They wouldn't show them no, that. No, no. They wouldn't show them that. They would report on it that today in the trial. Right, right. right. And they would twist it to show that, like, you know, exp, you know, even though we, everybody knew, like, you people, they got, they got the receipts of everything you've done, okay? So, but they would find a way to twist that just to keep their viewership happy. But I wish it would have went to trial. Yeah. I wish it had. But it didn't. Uh, Rupert's got to pay, and Tucker is out of a job. <laughs> yep, yep, he is out of a job. I so. just, I just wish that some of the people that watch that network would actually be smart enough or wise enough to get somebody else's opinion. You know, Man. go out and go out and find the truth. You but they don't that. want that. Nope. They want to keep hearing what they want to hear. That's right. That's so right. therefore, anything that comes out, they're going to say, "Well, that's a lie. That's that's no truth. That's fake news." Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, because the truth hurts. That's right. So yeah, I wonder what they're going to do now that uh, Tucker's gone. Who who's going to be your who's going to be your guy? Like uh, my man said in. Uh, Soldier story once uh, <laughs> the Sarge got like uh, the Sarge was gone. They asked Wilkie, Who, "Who's ass you gonna kiss now, Wilkie?" <laughs> <laughs> All y'all MAGA people, who ass y'all gonna kiss now that Tucker's gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. So I care, man. It's like good riddance. Good riddance, <laughs> man. Let's let's move on. Yeah, know? I I try to watch Fox News. I, certain things I will look at this organization or this broadcast, look at that broadcast and try to compare. And I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. They just lie so much. I can't, yeah. I, I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. I sent this like, you need to know what the, what the enemy's doing. I know what the enemy is doing. <laughs> I don't need to watch them. Cause every day we at work, man, that's every, if you go to any contractor place around here, no matter where you went, if you went to another company's uh, for a meeting or not, they all had Fox news on in the lobby. And I was like, what the hell is this, man? Every, every place had Fox news on. And so the place I worked at, we tried to like, look, man, change the channel, you know, change the channel. Why do we got to watch this crap every day? Put it on the weather channel or something. Right. They wouldn't change the channel. They would not change the channel off of Fox News. <laughs> Lynn and I were uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. We stopped halfway um, through uh, our trip back from Florida. And we were getting up and getting ready to come back. I, uh, yeah, it was it was past Montgomery. It was closer to Nashville. Okay. And they had Fox News on us. We were at Hampton Inn or something like that. You know, I would serve you a little breakfast. Right, right, right. We changed the channel. We put it on. 
we put it on MSNBC. I said, Lynn, I said, Lynn, let's let's put it on MSNBC <laughs> and see how they react. See if they'll <laughs> see react to it. Y'all living dangerously. <laughs> hey man, you know, they they can't outrun us. <laughs> I live in dangerously. Man. So we changed the remote was right there. We changed it, put it on MSNBC. Yeah. I think Morning Joe was on. Yeah, Morning Joe, yep. And we just sat there and ate our breakfast. A few people came down, a couple people looked at it and the person I think the person that was serving was watching it. Mm. So I bet you, Lynn, as soon as we get out of here, I bet you they change it back. Oh, so you know that. I think it's possible. You know that. I, I, I got to keep their uh, keep their crap coming. Keep feeding yeah. me, man. Keep feeding me crap. <laughs> yep. 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 So. Well, anyway. Yeah. yeah. That, yep. Uh, sorry about that. That was my microphone. That was oh, my, okay. I yeah, thought it was me. Tapping, yeah. tapping yeah. onto that. So. Yeah. To the listening audience, that was a My Bad by Steve Johnson. <laughs> All right, what do we got next going what on? What we got next? Uh, your uh, your former governor there, your great state, yeah. uh, he had to testify this week for the special counsel concerning the insurrection that took place uh, on January the 6th. So uh, he was trying to dodge and get out. Even I mean, it's like even even the former uh, occupant tried to block him testifying. The judge yeah. said, "Hell no, you're showing up to testify." Mm-hmm. And my thing is this: with this, this is what I don't like about Pence, man. He comes off as being so sacrimonious that you know he's just so holy and everything. But you are one of the prime people that know. You probably had several discussions with this guy on that date. He wanted you to do something dastardly to subvert the Constitution. So you know exactly why these people want to talk to you. And you're such a holy person. You're such a Christian person. You lean on your Christian value so much. Why wouldn't you want to do the right thing and say, hey, I'll come in and testify? No, you're trying to dodge and run. And this is like, what do you got to hide? You know, that's my thing with him is what do you have to hide? Well, that fool thinks that he's going to be president someday. He, so he didn't want to come right out and answer the question because he wants to leave. He wants to leave the listening audience in a fog. Did, did he really say that? Well, yeah. I, I can't come right out and say that. I, what I said was President Trump was really wrong and he put my life in. But you vote for him? Well, I'll vote for any Republican. He's oh, God, he's such a. Punk. Yeah, I can't stand him, man. He, he, it's, it's, it's the way he, he says what he says, man. It's like, dude, you, you, you're, you're sorry, man. You are, you are sorry. And my thing is, that the issue that, and we've talked about this before, man. And you, I've said this numerous times. I have the primary issue I have with this guy is he's always wearing his Christian values on his sleeve, right? So if, if that's what you ascribe to, and that's good. If if you say, hey, I'm a good Christian person, these are my values, I stand by them. I respect that. But as soon as you got that phone call from this idiot, knowing the type of person that he is, because you haven't been living under a rock, you know exactly who Trump is, you know what he's about, you know what he's done, A, B, C, D. You knew that. So when the phone rings from him wanting you to be his VP, if you're standing on your Christian value, you should have said, sir, I'm sorry, but I can't accept that position <laughs> because this, this is what I ascribe to. And you don't 
you don't stand for the values that I stand for. If he did that, boom. Okay, I got some respect for you, man. Right. A story, I'll t- I t- share this story, man. I had a commander. I had a commander. He was my commander uh, when I was stationed in Boston. He was my commander of the comm unit there. And this dude, everybody knew, man, this guy was on the fast track. He was going to be a general officer. He was going to, at minimum, he was going to be a two-star. Everybody knew that. He had sponsorship all the way up to officer ranks, man, throughout the officer ranks. So he gets here, Colorado Springs, and Cynthia and I are listening to a talk show or something. We're listening to the news. And this was when Clinton was in office and all the crap that was going on with Clinton and everything, the Monica thing, and I didn't have sex with that woman and all this crap, right? All this was going on. And he was in the process of getting impeached or whatnot. Well, my former commander, little did we know, he had moved here to Colorado Springs. And he came on the news that night and said, I am resigning my commission. This guy's a full bird. He said, I am resigning my commission because I cannot serve under this current commander in chief. I mean, he gave up his career because his standard, his set of values did not line up with that of the commander in chief. And he resigned his commission and went on and did something else. We're like, damn, who does that? Right. Who does that? I I, I got much respect that's, for that's that. Gutsy. That's gutsy. And it, it says a lot about the individual. That's that's Pence should have take that route. As soon as that phone rings and they say, Mr. Pence, it's it's Mr. Trump on the phone. <laughs> Be like, oh hell no, I'm not here. I'm not taking that call. Because you know who this dude is. You know what he's about. His values do not line up with yours. If you so much standing on your values, you know damn good and well his values do not line up with who you say you are. Right. Then you should have refused that phone call. But no, you didn't. And so you went along for the ride for four years. You supported this dude lying every day and all the other this dastardly crap this guy did for four years. You co-signed it. So I don't want to hear you now saying, well, you know, I got executive privilege. I don't want that. Bullshit. <laughs> you know, quit being a punk, man. He, that- he was he was running from the state of Indiana because if he was going to run for re-election in the state, he was going to have a hell of a time being re-elected because no one liked him in the state. <laughs> the only reason that he was elected is because uh, under Mitch Daniels, the Republicans gerrymandered so many damn seats mm-hmm. like they normally do that yeah. they got a super majority. Wow. And uh, all those people were, were put into office. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were There were more signs in his neighborhood where the governor's mansion is that said Pence must go that he said, this is an easy way out. Wow. You know? But still the, the fact should have been that he should have said, no, thank you. Right. You know, right. cause let's see, he's, he's fooled around. He's had three affairs. He's an adulteress three times over, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's no telling how many women has had, abortions right. from this guy. Right. You know, and now he's suddenly, you know, pro 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 life. Yeah. You know that that's a that's a lie. Yeah. Okay. And as you as you mentioned, he pinched should have said, no thank you, sir. I, I appreciate the offer. Yeah. But I I I can't do it. I'll I'll find another avenue 
to be politically uh, involved. Right, right. You know, right. and his wife, the same thing, because, you know, mm-hmm. when when you're in an election or something like that, your family's going to have to deal with the same thing. That's right. So uh, his wife, you know, mother, as he called her, <laughs> you know, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. So she was she was in it as well. So her Christian values and his Christian values all got upset. And they yeah. both should have said no, thank you. She should have said, "Mike, don't don't do it, right. don't do it." Right. <laughs> Lynn and I were on our way back, and Lynn, Lynn said, "You know what? This would be good to have a picture of Mike Pence on one side, and 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 Donald Trump on the other side, and it have." Bubbles, you know how little speaking bubble. Right, right. And she said, when 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 Mike Pence was safe, Fredo, you broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> As in the Godfather, and then kissed him on the mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and then Trump would say, Well, Michael, I'm smart. I know things. And then Pence would send him off in the boat. <laughs> Like they did Fredo. Yeah. And yep. then somebody blast his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah. that would be a good one. He said, you know how I am with Photoshop. I could probably you do could that. You could do that. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> you could do that. It, it's, it's, oh gosh, man. It's to watch this dude to just, I mean, the man has called you, he called you a pussy, <laughs> yeah. you know, people, he, he he didn't do anything when people wanted to kill you. I mean, he, 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 I mean, dude, he just disrespected you to the max. Absolutely. Disrespected I mean, would, you to the max. <laughs> they would laugh when and, Pence would come into the Oval Office. They yeah. would laugh and make fun of him in front of his own face. Right. It's like, come on, man. You 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 want to be president that bad that you literally, you literally sold your soul to the devil. And the devil always gets his due, man. <laughs> the devil always gets his due. And now the fact that, hey, we know you. You're 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 the you're the main guy here. That uh, January the sixth is is you know this is going on because in these people's eyes you can stop this and you can keep Orange Julius Caesar in power for another four years if you just do the right thing. And you don't want to testify about that. I mean that I think I read in the Bible somewhere that's that's part of being a Christian is standing up for the right thing, man. Right. You know, and and what render under Caesar, what is Caesar's? So the court wants you to come in and testify, but no, you're ducking and and hey, can you protect me? Can can we get an appeal? Man, get, do the right thing, man. So that I have no respect for Pence, none. He is never going to be president. You can forget it, okay? You can forget it. You had your time. Your time is over. You're out. You're out. Yeah. You made you 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 made a big fool of yourself by attaching yourself. To this wagon, and this wagon is a, is a bad, is bad. Yep, it's got a couple wheels blowing out, blowing yep. off. Of it. <laughs> yep, yep, it's wobbling on one side. Yep. So hey, good, good, good riddance to him too, man. Because yep. you you had the opportunity to do the right thing, and you blew it from day one. You yep. blew it, and he also got caught up in the uh, classified documents. Yes, too. yes. 
You know, he yeah. has the right. He has the word to the, the, the open his lips to say that, you know, uh, Joe Biden had classified documents. And <laughs> two days later, they find shit yeah. at his house. Right. Right. As yeah. I say, be careful when you open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, to me, he's he's a joke, man. He is a joke. And, uh, you know, hopefully he well, he's under oath. So don't be in there spreading falsehoods, man, because you under oath now. They got your ass now. So um, we'll see what happens, man. Have nobody said anything about his testimony. But, you know, you you've you've lost all respect for me because you you always talking about your Christian values, man. It's like, dude, your fruit ain't lining up with your message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that we're we're none of us are perfect, but you're the one always spouting it. Yep. So uh, if you if you're a Christian person, they always say, man, you don't have to say nothing. People watch you, and people observe how you move in the world. You don't have to say a thing, but you always spouting it, man. So it's like, shut up, man. You you just you're, you're weak. You're a weak ass, man. <laughs> yep. So. Anyway. Okay. All right. All right. So let's talk about somebody important. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, two individuals, man, uh, passed away this a uh, few days ago, as a matter of fact. And let's uh, let, let's start with let's start with the first guy, who I think uh, ushered in the realm of reality television. <laughs> I mean. If you were around in the, what, the 90s? If you were around in the 90s and uh, you wanted a good laugh uh, in the the afternoon (laughs) on the television, tune in to the Jerry Springer show. (laughs) Yep. I mean, some of the crap he had on there, man, I mean, was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, women fighting. I mean, they're ripping each other's clothes off and carrying on and People like, oh, you know, are you the daddy of this? I'm like, this is just insanity, man. <laughs> but he was the ringleader for all that, man. And, and I think he ushered in this realm of reality TV uh, because it was it was live. It was in real time. And uh, he he was the ringmaster, man, of, of the circus that that it was, the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. And uh, I, I admit, I, I watched it just to like, OK, who, what the hell is going on today? And Steve would be his guy breaking up the fights and carrying on it at the chat. Jerry, Jerry. I mean, it was just like, man, what is this? But, hey, he made buku bucks off that model. And he became a household name, man. And uh, he passed away this week at the age of 79. So, yep. Jerry Springer, former mayor of Cincinnati. Former mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. And he ran for, uh, what was he, ran for Congress one time. And, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he will he will forever be known as uh, the ringmaster of the circus that was the Jerry Springer show. And uh, some people, man, they live and die by Jerry Springer, man. They had to be at home to watch Jerry Springer, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was it was entertainment at its worst. (laughs) Reality entertainment's what it was. It was. It was like, oh my god! And some of this was just like, and he, I mean, come on, man, you know good and well that, well. Do you know he's dating this woman and, and another woman comes out and right away it's a fight. I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh my gosh! But Octavia, hey, Octavia, I told you you weren't supposed to mess with him. Yeah, I'm like, whoo! I mean, just craziness, man. Just sheer madness. Every episode, mm-hmm. every episode was sheer madness. But uh, he has transitioned now, and uh, so we remember, uh, we remember him, and you know, he rests in peace uh, and uh, rest in power, That's man, because he's. He started a he started a wave of what is now uh, all these shows are on man with the with the insanity all these crazy shows are now so he is the godfather of uh, of that so the next individual uh, we transition bit more serious uh, individual and uh, I'll let you lead off with this man the late great Harry Belafonte yeah Harry Belafonte what can we say about him he was. A civil rights icon. He was an entertainer. He was a talk show host. He was the first um, uh, black person to um, host the Johnny Carson show when Carson left. And uh, the one thing that he never got away from, and that was being proactive for civil rights. Even in his latter years, he was proactive in civil rights. Uh, The time period that he um, uh, hosted Johnny Carson for a week, he had, I think, almost every night a black Mm -hmm. entertainer or political figure, including Martin Luther King Jr. on that show. So all the people that that uh, watched Carson that night, uh, those nights or that week, uh, they were introduced to, introduced to uh, several uh, people of color that Harry Belafonte wanted to bring out their points of view. Mm-hmm. Now, he yeah. was actor, uh, uh, singer, he he. Even in the latter part of his life, um, if you saw com- coming back to your area, the Black Klansman, mm-hmm. uh, he played a role in there, uh, yep. talking about civil rights and how yep. uh, someone was lynched at the time, and how yep. um, these were um, times in which young people of that time period couldn't believe that those things happened back in the days. Well, he was a witness to some of those things that went on many times in his life during his lifetime. uh, He was under threat because he was uh, pro civil rights Mm -hmm. and he never gave that up. Even though that some people who were black entertainers and actors and actresses and so on in order to keep a job, they wouldn't stick their neck at, necks out uh, and push for civil rights legislation. And Harry Belafonte refused to um, not do that. And yep. as, as I mentioned, the latter part of his life, he continued to do that and made many memorable movies and records. Mm-hmm. He's he known for his Caribbean flow. Yeah, the calypso music. The calypso music, exactly. Yeah. And so he was he was um probably in today's realm uh the godfather of civil rights. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. even yep. though there's not a lot of other people could fill those roles. I mean, he was over 90, almost 96 years and old. 96 years old. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he had yep. seen so much and, and, and had been involved in so many um, civil rights activities and been such a um, inspiration to young upcoming mm-hmm. comedians, actors, activists, and so on. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. Um, he's a, uh, you mentioned him hosting the Johnny Carson show for a week. There is a special on Peacock. I don't know if you get Peacock or not. Yeah, I do. On Peacock, it's called the sit-in. And it's, it's, it's basically that week that he hosted Carson. They did a, they did a show about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found that out uh, on listening to Sirius XM a couple of days ago. But it's out there. Uh, check it out. <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I may watch it tonight uh, to, to check it out. Uh, but yeah, at that, that week he had tons of people on that probably white America probably they might have been aware of these people, but to see them on that show each night, I'm sure it was an eye opener for them. You know, but uh, great uh, human human being, man. Um, He's an EGOT winner, and a lot of people, he won an Emmy, he won an Oscar, he won a Grammy, he won a Tony. So uh, I, I admire him, uh, the movie, uh, what's the movie with Dorothy Dandridge? Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones, uh, great movie, musical, but uh, he he plays uh, he plays that role just um, awesome, man, in, in that movie. So, And then he also played uh, Geechee Dan Buford, man. <laughs> Mr. Geechee Dad. Yeah. That's <laughs> one always, of my favorite roles. Oh man, he always had the had the thing sniffing his nose because he had to clear his sinuses. <laughs> <laughs> and he cracked that egg and drank the egg. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. <laughs> Mr. Geechee Dan, yeah. But yeah, that was was that that was that, uptown Saturday night, that right? That was uptown Saturday night, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Geechee Dan, yeah. But yeah, uh, wow. I mean, that shows the uh, the realm of which he could his you know the way he could portray or do his craft. Man, he he went from being you know a serious performer in the music realm and and whatnot to playing a character like Geechee Dan Buford. I mean, that is that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. You know. So uh, yeah, I think if you want to remember him, check out. Check out the sit-in, and hey, if you got time, put in a copy of Uptown Saturday Night. I've, I've got it. I've, I've got it. <laughs> I got it. I got the yeah. I got that one. Let's do it again, and a piece of the action. So I yeah. got all the you know, <laughs> So, but yeah, that is a memorable role. And like you said, he had a few other roles uh, that that he popped in on, you know. But uh, he will be missed, man, because he's one of the the few of the elders that are left. We lost Sidney Portier, what, last year? Yep. And now Harry Belafonte. So uh, folks are passing, man, from uh, from a certain era who, uh, like I said, man, 96 years old, you've seen a lot of history as it pertains to the black experience in this country. So rest in power, uh, Mr. Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. All right, all right, brother. I think uh, I think that was our last topic, man, for yeah. tonight. Uh, we've had a lively, uh, lively discussion tonight. Uh, I know you don't watch a lot of hoops, but the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Steph hung fifty on the uh, Sacramento Kings today. I mean, oh, is game, that right? 
in game seven on the road, Steph hung 50 on them. So they will meet the Lakers Tuesday night mm. uh, in the Western Conference uh, semi. So LeBron and Steph, uh, good, good watching. Uh, the Knicks lost today in their first uh, game of their semis with the Miami Heat. And then we've got uh, the Nuggets, my Nuggets are up 1-0 on the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant and Booker, they're up 1-0. They play again tomorrow night. So a lot of good basketball going on. We got baseball going on. If you're a sports fan, now's a great time of time of the year, man. Hockey's going on. Stanley Cup playoffs are going on. It's just sports everywhere. Yep. Baseball. <laughs> baseball, XFL, all kind of stuff going on. Racing. So, racing. I mean, there's something <laughs> you can find uh to uh to satisfy your sports fix so yep. pickleball pickleball i played <laughs> yesterday for two hours oh is that right i was on the court for two hours yesterday didn't didn't win a lot of games but uh it was a lot of fun man my dentist has a court at his uh, dentist office <laughs> that he bought up from amazon he's got his driveway is perfect he's got a big old driveway so we marked off a court it's level it's perfect and so on Saturday mornings, he invites uh, he invites the serious people over at around 10 o'clock. So the serious people play at 10. Then at 12, he has uh, another group come in. People who are new may not be familiar with the game. They show up and play at noon. But we just fellowship, uh, have a good time. Uh, but, man, he this one lady out there, man, she was kicking butt yesterday. This lady was good. <laughs> she was good. She, I mean, they ruled the court. They won about five games in a row. Five or six games in a row, her and her okay. partner. They were just killing people. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, I love it. I love it. Oh sport. man, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it is. So uh we'll talk offline, but uh I, I think uh, you know, you guys are coming out uh in July or not. I would bring my pickleball paddle because they they may have uh have an opportunity at the resort. They may have added pickleball. So okay. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my paddle just in case. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, all, all kind of all kind of sports going on, man. Yeah, so. I think next week I'll probably or week after next I'll get tickets to head your way. Okay, all right, yeah, just just let us know when and what, or if you guys are gonna fly into Denver or whatever you're gonna do, and uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, it's gonna be an interesting summer, man. A lot of fun stuff going on. So bring it on, bring it on. All right, sounds good, man. <laughs> sounds good. All right. All right. With that, we've been on this for one hour and about 15, a little over 15 minutes. So uh, we've had a good discussion. We're going to can move on and hopefully next week we can be back at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So with that, uh, we're still playing baseball. So yes, like three strikes. We are out. out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.